Hey, it's Tyler, it's Tyler me running in the NY street with four chicks in green. And they all look at me, they all running for their life. Their beauty is in strife, running from this wasteland and back to model land. Can you, can you, can you, can you survive model land? Can you, can you, can you, can you survive model land? Model land, model land, four chicks in green running the New York streets. Can you survive model land? In green, and they all look at me. They all running for their life. Their beauty is in strife. Running from this wasteland and back to model land. Can you, can you, can you, can you survive model land? Can you, can you, can you, can you survive model land? Model land, model land. Oh, chicks in green running the New York streets. Can you survive model land? In green, and they all look at me. They all running for their life. Their beauty is in strife. Running from this wasteland and back to model land. Can you, can you, can you, can you survive model land? Can you, can you, can you, can you survive model land? Model land, model land. Oh, chicks in green running the New York streets. Can you survive model land? Guys, it's the Halloween episode. Mm. And today we bring to you Model Land by Tyra Banks. And she also wrote it with a ghost writer by the name of... Hold on, I have this pulled up. They're a ghost writer. How do they have a name? <laughs> um, he has a name. <laughs> oh. Didn't go very good at going ghost then, you idiot. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm going ghost. <laughs> um, Michael Salort. It's, it was published in 2011. I've never heard of this person in my life. Because he's a ghost writer. Duh. It's a young adult fantasy science fiction novel. And the cover artist I feel like should be ashamed because this thing looks blurry as shit. It does. And it's a little bit because it just fucking stares at you. Well, it's an eye, and if you look at the back, the other eye is there underneath, like, the giant M on the back. Um, this book is very long. It's very weird. <laughs> and it's just, um, it's a thing. It, it's a thing. And it's by, uh, again, it's by Tyra Banks. So, let me just read you the... Let me just read you, like, the synopsis thing. No one gets in without being asked, and with her untamable hair, large forehead, and gawky b body, Tookie de la Creme isn't expecting an invitation. <laughs> Model Land, the exclusive, mysterious place on top of the mountain, never dares to make an appearance in her dreams. But someone has plans for Tookie. Before she can blink her mismatched eyes, Tookie finds herself in the very place every girl in the world obsesses about, and three unlikely girls have joined her. Only seven extraordinary young women become intoxabellas each year. Famous, worshipped, magical. What happens to those who don't make it? Well, no one really speaks of that. Some things are better left unsaid. Thrown into a world where she doesn't seem to belong, Tookie glimpses a future that could be hers, if she survives the beastly catwalk corridor and terrifying thigh-high boot camp. <laughs> I think thigh-high boot camp sounds really fun. I, I lost my composure! <laughs> or could it? Dark rumors like silken threads swirl around the question of why Tookie and her new friends were selected, and the shadows around Modeland hide sinister secrets. Are you ready? Modeland is waiting for you. I'm not... So originally this was supposed to be a series, and again, it's a young adult series, uh, published in 2011. It actually made number two on the New York Times bestseller list, but it's Tyra Banks, so it's been speculated that, yes, she used money to get her way on there, but she didn't go about it the same way that, like, Lanny Sarum went on there. Instead of, like, buying a bunch of mm -hmm. copies from books that directly, like, answered to the New York Times, uh, she obviously, like, brought... I'm assuming bribery because when I look at the list from 2000, it was like, um, it was October. It was, it's like October 16th. Oh, that's weird. October 16th, 2011. Yesterday was October 16th. It was? Yeah. 
Oh, this is weird. But um, in 2011, uh, uh, everything on it by Shel Silver Silverstein was number one for young adults. Again, this is like the young adults one. Yep. Number two was Model Land, and then Wonderstruck was the third. And then Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Peculiar Children was behind Model Land, and I'm like, that's actually a pretty decent book. It is. Yeah. So I'm like, I didn't realize it came out that long ago. That's the weird thing. You don't realize that about a lot of books, but uh, when I saw that, I was like, oh, no, yeah, it's like, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, she totally paid someone off. Almost definitely. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, like, in a super negative way, and, well, it's like I am, but I'm like, I'm not saying it's like, oh, she couldn't have done it by herself, but it's like, you just know when things shouldn't be where they are. Again, Handbook for Mortals shouldn't this, have been number one. This just honestly feels like... Even reading, like, the first couple sentences of the first chapter... This is just kind of, like... Just pointing out flaws. I'm just gonna read, like, um... Kind of, like, the... What's the thing at the beginning of the book again where you, like... The preface no the thing the dedication oh my god so. i do not want to read any more dedication no it's like really small uh, that's not the dedication okay. uh tamala and daddy thank you for being absolutely positively nothing like mr and mrs delacrum we'll figure that out eventually but to her parents so do well, we want to read the thing at the beginning I already know this is going to be about her own struggle through becoming a model. So to speak. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> Do you want to, like, start... This isn't even a chapter. This is, like, a... It's, like, a... The thing that starts before the book actually starts. This one? No, this. Oh, I was... Do we want to read that? No. Okay. It doesn't matter. It's just kind of the same iteration of the... Yeah, that, yeah, that looks kind of like, um, so chapter one is pook. It's, it's, um, took. It's no, it's like spelled, it's T-O-O-K-E. But with a space in between the T and the first O and another space in between the first O and the second O. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's weird. Do you want to start it off? Sure. Have you ever seen her? The girl whose face... Not even the meanest person you know would describe as yuck, but who you've never in a million, no, a trillion years, describe as alluring, either. The girls whose eyes are three centimeters too far apart, and whose mouth is four centimeters too wide. Not that you'd break out a ruler, but when you look at her, it's enough to make you say that something is definitely off. Come on now, you've seen her. I really haven't. Not really. No. It kind of just sounds like an alien. Not, you know, if you're an alien, I'm sorry not to judge you. Like one from space. Well, the thing is, everyone's faces look different. Yes, they so do. So I'm like... Already, yeah. already not off to a good start? We're gonna keep making that worse with my next sentence but here. But here's the thing, the only time when you notice something is like completely off, it's usually because they have some sort of um some sort of disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Nice job, Tyra. Don't worry, it just gets worse. Yep. She's the girl whose hair has multiple personality disorder. I'm just gonna leave that alone because we already know that's offensive. Yeah. And can't decide if it's supposed to be quasi-curly, silky straight, frantic frizzy, or wet and wavy, or maybe a power to the people throw. <laughs> We're doing so bad. The girl whose body is a contradiction to itself. A slightly hunched back from years of poor posture. One must presume feet the size of snowshoes. What the fuck? 
Holy Christ! Um, you've seen like um Proud Family from yes. Remember how La Siena girl had like those she it turned out she had really big feet. Yeah. I'm picturing that. I'm picturing legitimate snowshoes and how hard they are to walk in. Oh my God. Have you ever tried walking in snow? It's just so awkward. You have to like well, yeah, it's because they're so wide and everything that's like they... Stay on top of the What snow. it does, it tries to pressure out yeah. your whole center of gravity. They work. Yeah, they do. And stick figure arms and legs so fragile, you think you hear them screaming. Feed me an entire grilled cow now. What? The girl with the humongous punch bowl <laughs> Look. <laughs> Does what? that include the hair? What is that description? I don't know. What What do I even think of when I think of a punch ball? I mean, definitely not someone's head. How big is this punch bowl? I'm thinking of like, you know, the ones that they have at like, you know, in Greece at the school dance that Sonny is putting alcohol in. Huge! Oh god. <laughs> now the question is, is it just the head? Or is it like the head and hair? Is this an Arnold from Hey Arnold situation? Yeah, there we go. I feel like we should draw this mm -hmm. description as what we see and see if it lines up. Oh god. With a forehead that goes on and on and on. Making her look like the weight of her cranium will topple her over and break her into a thousand pieces. Oh my god, she's like a Weebles Wobbles. <laughs> At this point, she just kind of sounds like she's shaped like Mayor McChee. <laughs> god damn it! God damn it! <laughs> I cannot see it! Mayor McCheese! I guess Tookie De La Crumb's just Mayor McCheese, even though this is supposed to be Tyra Banks, but it's Mayor McCheese now, I guess. And not only is her clothing painfully mismatched, so are her eyes, darling. You heard me right. She has one green eye and one brown eye. So heterochromia. Yeah. I can't believe she just came at both of us like that. I mean, heterochromia is, um... It's an actual, like... It's an actual, like, thing, like... Well, it's a, it's like a, I don't know what I'm trying to explain it. It's, it's a, it's a mutation that happens. Mm-hmm. A lot. Also, again, coming right at us with brown eyes and green eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I have brown eyes, you have green eyes. Yeah. Not a lot of people have seen us in real life, so. Yeah. Neither of us are heterochromic, though. No, if you put us together, <laughs> if you put us together as one person, maybe we would. <laughs> but we'd be one functioning adult. <laughs> Two times the anxiety. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen Tookie de la Creme? What the fuck is that name? It's Mayor McCheese. It's Mayor McCheese's But OC. when I think of Tookie, I think of the toucan from George of the Jungle. Oh, fair enough. Eee, eee, Tookie, Tookie. Remember? I love Tookie Tookie Bird. I love that bird. I bet you have. Maybe you've even met her. You just don't remember her. No one ever does. For as unusual looking as she was, Tookie was a forget -a girl. One of the most forgettable girls in the entire world. But maybe not for long. You know, people who have like a very, um... People who have, like, a very unusual appearance aren't forgettable. No. And I'm not saying this in a bad way. I'm like... A lot of people who have unusual appearances actually end up being models and actors, actresses. I mean, there's a lot of actresses that have, like, certain... Well, I mean, Nat look at Natalie Dormer. Like, she has that thing with her yeah. mouth. They say it like looks like a smirk, but it's really just like the way her mouth is shaped. Her sister has it too. It's a genetic thing. Or um, probably one of my favorite ones was the casting of uh, who played I believe her character was called the Dag in uh, Mad Max Fury Road. It's a freaking British model who's like six foot four. 
next to Rosie Huntington Whitley, who's a Victoria's Secret model. Can she crush my thigh? Can she tr crush my head with her She's thighs? just like this tall, willowy, like her hair is like bleach blonde, naturally. She has like a little space in between her teeth. Like, so she can't crush her thighs with my head. She can't crush my head with her thighs. That's what I'm no, trying to say. Sadly, no. Damn it. But the look was just so different than all the other women on screen that it worked. I mean, in Mad Max, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. I feel it. like all this is meant to be doing, showing people that they're... The, the things they believe about themselves to be flawed is like, you're just gonna be forgettable because you're ugly. Let's just keep going. Our tale begins on a Thursday afternoon, the most ordinary of ordinary afternoons, a few days shy of the most unordinary day of the entire year. Tookie de la Creme was splayed on her back on the hallway floor of her school. Just sitting on the floor of her school. She's splayed on her back, Maya. Okay, but like, does she know who puked there recently? At least it's not under the bleachers. That's true. There'd be, like, people fucking and making out. I probably shouldn't say that because it's for young adults, but... I mean, you know, you know the reference in Hairspray? How she had grass stains all over her back? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I was attempting to say. <laughs> the Bangle Bobble and Bead Institute. B3 as it was commonly called. Her large, mismatched eyes didn't blink as she stared at the stained ceiling. Her gangly legs shot out at odd angles, as though she'd fallen from a six-story building. <laughs> what the shit? I'm just... <laughs> I'm just here, man. Like, her enormous feet pointed straight up. Is she a Dr. Seuss character? So. Oh my god. An internal clock counted down the time in perfect cadence. T-minus 6 minutes and 49 seconds, 48, 47. As Tookie waited, she lifted her f she lifted to her face a cold canister of whipped cream, inserting the nozzle straight into her mouth. She pressed the trigger that delivered the airy sweetness directly onto her tongue. A bit of cream accidentally dropped from her mouth and dripped from her chin to her neck. That's not a good image, Tyra. No. No. With each squirt, more and more of the cream fell to her snug-fitting hand-me-up blue blouse, which had once been her younger sister's. Oh god, I just don't even want to read this next sentence, but I will. Another squirt landed in her hair. Uh. She then licked her tiny baby fingers from thumb to pinky and prepared for the next squirt. Wait, thumb to... So, like... Mm? Or, like... Mm? I think that that's the second one. Like this one? Because yeah. I was thinking, like... Okay. Please do not put baby fingers and squirt in the same sentence. Guess what? We get to your baby God. fingers like 50 more times. Oh, no! <laughs> How was Tookie able to lie in the middle of her school's hallway during class time enjoying whipped cream from the can and not get herself into any trouble? Well, first off, you wouldn't be allowed to bring whipped cream into school. Yeah, no. Because <laughs> you might be able to do whippets in the bathroom. Yeah. Well, Tookie was the Institute's best skipper. No one, not even the most cunning teachers, noticed she was gone when she skipped out of class. You know, when she says skipper, I think, does she have a boat? Right! Right. Way before most of her lessons ended. T-minus 4 minutes, 33 seconds, 32, 31. As Tookie stretched her legs, the backs of her calves touched the bitingly cold marble, making her shiver. Most people would have found it uncomfortable, but Tookie was happy she felt something. <laughs> How could this happen to me? That's exactly what I started thinking when I read that. Oh my god. 
Uh, sometimes Tokyo was... At least she was still alive and breathing. Sometimes Toki was so used to being a forget-it girl that she thought she really was invisible. This has the same fucking vibe as the song, Build a Bitch. If you've ever listened to that song. I haven't listened to it. It's, it's really entirety. annoying. Oh my god. It's so annoying. It's, it's the same vibe. Okay. T minus five seconds. Four, three, two. A loud but familiar clanging made Tookie jump. The school's bell was actually an old-time buzzer that had long ago signaled factory shift changes. I was just going to imagine, like, you know what happens at the end of a basketball game, or, like, yeah. just the... Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's what's happening. In days gone by, before the Institute had taken over the building, B3 had produced three things. Bangles, baubles, and beads. Thank you. Once the bell stopped, a familiar rumbling made Tookie cringe. An oily belch followed, sending a thick cloud of greenish smoke through the vents. A stench filled the air. It smelled like a mix of gasoline, mold, melted plastic, and methane gas emanating from the bowels of the building. Excruciatingly loud school bells weren't the only relics left over from when B3 had been a factory. The administration had done very little in the way of renovation to convert the safety code deficient building into a proper institute of learning. The school let out belches and eruptions all day and leaked fumes from every crevice. Well, no wonder Toki looks like a fucking alien. Is everything radioactive? I think so. <laughs> Is this like a post-apocalyptic world? Groaning, the students emerged from their classrooms. Ugh. Ariella Bertona wailed, fanning the odors from her face. Nasty, Tatiana Sharoni said. That's how I'm gonna say it. Sharoni. Yeah. <laughs> Sharoni. <laughs> said, pressing a, a sacket? Sachet. Sachet, thank you. Of dried flowers to her nose. Like a plague doctor? Yes. The B4 Institute tooted again, Jason Milano chortled, trotting out of the school's oldest... Tiredest, but aptest joke. Everyone called the school B4 for bile, barf, belches, and butt bombs. Wait, I thought they called it B3. <laughs> Me too, but apparently they don't anymore. Okay. More doors were flung open and the sound of footsteps thundered through the halls. Tookie quickly closed her eyes. She then peeked to see just how far the approaching mob was from her prone body. Nine feet away, she Estimated. Wait, she's just waiting there for she's the crowd. She's laying in the middle of the floor. She's still. just laying in the middle, middle of the floor still, waiting. The conversations of passerby began to wash over her. Tookie felt like a fly on the wall. She's more a fly on the floor. She's but... more of a banana peel on the floor. Yes. <laughs> Zarpessa says she's spending 50000 on her prep, said an annoyed female voice over Tookie's head. Hag. What do you think the look will be at the T-Dod this year? A girl with a forehead tattoo whined. I hope my tatted face will be in. Don't hold your breath, Inky, a male voice answered. Another voice floated from the other side of the corridor. If they don't choose me, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I'll die if I end up working in a belt buckle factory like my mom. I've been crying for a month straight. I hope my eyes aren't going to stay all puffy like this. Many of the conversations had to do with the big event that was taking place in two days. The Day of Discovery, which most people shortened to T-Dod. It was the grandest of holidays, and B3 was even letting its students have Friday off this week to prepare. An absolute rarity. Not that Tookie really cared, because she's not like other girls. She's not like other girls, and I can already feel in this book setting girls against other girls. Right. Yeah. Where do you think the rest of them will be this year? A girl with a nasal voice asked. I heard that a girl found one in a pot of boiling sweet potatoes and burned up her hands real bad trying to get it. Tookie shifted on the floor. Now they were talking about smizes. Do you need a moment for me to tell you what a smize is? I already know what it is. Smiling with your eyes. Yeah. We just need to tell the audience. Um, it's a 
term that Tyra came up with for during America's Next Top Model. Again, this is just kind of explaining if you don't know what America's Next Top Model is, it was a show that Tyra hosted back in like the early 2000s, the early aughts. And um, a lot of weird shit happened, but she coined the term smizes, smize, which is smiling with your eyes. Mm -hmm. Which I feel like sounds really creepy to me. I, tr I actually tried to watch the show, like, when I got older, and it's so uncomfortable. When I watched it as a kid, it wasn't, I didn't think anything of it, but as an adult, it's like, it's uncomfortable to watch. It's kind of like, yes, I enjoy, like, watching the photography and that kind of stuff, because mm -hmm. that's obviously what I ended up doing with my life. But I hate everything else. Yeah. It's like, I love the parts where they're actually, like, getting made up. And, like, I love those parts where they're actually, like, doing the modeling and the photography. I hate the judging part. Yeah. I hate all those parts. I also hate the parts where they potentially put their lives in danger. Like, there was a one episode where I think they put them in, like, a really cold pool. Yeah. And I saw that and I was just like, no! I was, like, so... I was pissed! It's like, no, you don't do that to your... You don't do that to talent. No, and they were... And it was just, like... Oh, well, you have to look it. You can look it just fine through makeup, effects. And they were all in, it's like they were telling, it's like, oh, you have to tell us when you're not feeling it great. And it's like, you're telling her all this stuff and telling her the opposite of just telling, you're just telling her to power it through. But then here she is like trying to do what you're saying while putting her life in danger. Someone actually broke their ankle on the show too. Mm -hmm. Ugh. They tried to get one girl to cover the gap in her teeth. And it was like, there was, a, okay, I remember this season. There was this one girl who had a gap in her teeth. She actually, it, I, I didn't care. It's like, it's a gap in her tooth. There's nothing, I don't think second of it. They said like, oh, she couldn't be marketable with it. She was just for preference. She was also like, a, she was black. But then in a later season, they had a girl who was white who also had a gap in her tooth. And they said, oh, that's marketable. Hmm. How bizarre. How bizarre. <laughs> Girls had been searching for the magical charms for days, fighting at water spigots, sloshing through sewers, splashing in the Peppertown pool, which everyone knew kids peed in. Everyone pees in the pool. <laughs> I found the pipe where the gunk water from the Shivera hospital dumps out. A hopeful girl whispered. No one is going to be looking for smizes there. As more people passed, as more girls chattered about T-Dod, Tookie began to feel lonelier and lonelier. It was yet another day when no one, not a single person, looked down on the floor and cried. Oh, check out that girl down there. Look at me, look at me, but don't look at me, but look at me. I'm sorry that, again, this is like a... You know what? I was a child when this book came out, so yeah, I think I would have felt the same way. Maybe. Maybe. Possibly. This is annoying. The itch or this? Both. All the students rush past Tookie like water in a stream flowing around a rock. Rubber sneakers almost crushed her fingers. Heavy boots nearly bumped her shins. A piece of paper fluttered out of someone's notebook and landed close to Tookie's left hand. The paper's owner, a dark-haired girl, bent down to snatch it, not even noticing that Tookie was there. I mean, they're avoiding her. They are, so they, they don't want to step on there. her. They know that you're there. They just don't want to step on you. Irrelevant, expendable, forgettable. All Tookie wanted was for someone to notice her. Notice me, senpai. <laughs> Anyone. Just a simple kick in the ribs, or a sneaker sole that squished her hand, or a textbook that slipped from a student's grip and fell on her large forehead. She wasn't picky. No, if, if, what? They, if they stepped on her, they wouldn't have noticed her. Yeah. The fact that they're avoiding her means they know she's there. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Spin, thud, spin, thud, spin, 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 thud. Not sure what that was supposed to be. Tookie looked up at a spinning dervish approaching, taking in her long, thick, curly, wheat blonde hair, her silver dollar-sized aqua eyes, and her perfectly symmetrical face. 
It was as if Toki's wish had come true, sort of. For here was her sister. <laughs> oh no! What? <laughs> miracle! Oh. The way it's spelled. Miracle. M-Y-R-R-A-C-L-E. Mm. Someone who did notice her. Except, well, Toki didn't really want her to. Spotting Toki sprawled on the floor, Miracle began to sing. You are not my D. Nay, nay. She gave one spin for each word, making the hem of her blue dress flutter. It was a dress Tookie guessed that would, that would pass to her as a hand-me-up in a matter of days. Tookie rolled her eyes at her sister's mispronunciation of DNA. Oh, that's what it was supposed to be called. I guess. Beyond her looks and fancy flights of footwork, what was most disturbing to Tookie about the miracle, as Tookie's mother called her, was not that she was Tookie's younger sister. <laughs> I'm choking on my spit. The most disturbing fact was that the miracle was distinctly, indisputably, flat-out dense. As dumb as a lobotomized turkey and turkeys were said to raise their heads in the sky during rainstorms and drown themselves. Is that true? I don't know, actually. Huh. I want to look that up. Keep reading. Oh, Toki tried to give her sister the benefit of the doubt. Miracle had memorized every intricate dance step of the 22 verses of the Shivera Shuffle. After all, and at least she understood the concept of DNA, even if she got the pronunciation wrong. Uh, it's baby turkeys can drown oh, in rain. There we go. That makes sense. But in all honesty, Miracle wasn't the brightest tube of lipstick in the makeup caddy. Luckily, Miracle pirouetted out of sight almost immediately. Problem gone for now. Took his side and reached for a small thick yellow book wedged under her lower back. It wasn't just any regular yellow, but the color of a taxi cab. It had been freshly painted and spit-polished. And it wasn't just any regular book, but a collection of letters Toki had written to people she'd encountered throughout her life. Not that she would ever dare send them. She called this book T-Mail Jail. Toki found it ironic that the book's initials TMJ also stood for an ailment that impaired a person's ability to open her mouth. The front cover displayed Tookie's first name, handwritten in beautiful calligraphy. The spine of T-Mail Jail read, Don't keep out. The back cover urged, Invade my privacy, please. If one were inclined to follow these instructions, the inside cover challenged, I dare you to turn the page. But no one dared. Rumor accurately cared. Maybe it's just reverse psychology yeah. working. <laughs> As the crowd continued to move around her, Tookie opened T-Mail Jail to a blank page. She closed her eyes, selected one of the dozens of colored pens tucked into the pocket of the book's back cover, and held it in front of her face. Blue, in her color code, was for the English language. Boring, Tookie thought. Tookie uncapped the pen, held the journal in the air over her head, and started to write. To her only friend in the world, she had been missing for over six weeks now, and Toki feared she'd never see her again. How do you write over your head? Uh, badly. Dear Lizzie, it's day 39 of my great SPLD campaign, and everyone is still ignoring me. SPLD stood for silent protest by lying down. Toki pronounced it spilled. Can you get the yeah, light? My eyeballs are starting to hurt. Thank you. As an oblivious classmate almost whacked Tookie's head with a rusty fencing EP. Tookie licked the tip of her pen, gripped it in her right hand, and continued to write. 
She wasn't a natural right-hander, but her mother had slapped her wrist so many times for writing with her left that Tookie had begrudgingly made the switch. It hurts, and it hurts that you can't be here and I can't tell you this for real. It hurts, too, that you disappear for weeks and I have no idea where you've gone, girl. You're my only friend. Can't you at least tell me where you've been? Anyway, everyone is caught up in the Day of Discovery happening this weekend. But even if they weren't caught up in all the hoopla of the coming event, they still wouldn't see me. Perhaps I don't want them to notice me. I mean, this is spilled number 39. Why not go for the world record? 40 days of lying on this cold hallway floor, waiting for someone to speak to me. But no one's saying a word. 40 days of being invisible. Lizzie, there must be an association that honors achievements like this. I can hear my acceptance speech now. I'd like to say, I'd like to thank the Spilled Academy. There is nothing more beautiful than being a forget-a-girl, being recognized by her own forget-a-peers. And let's not forget my dear family. On second thought, let's. Miss you, girl. Hopefully, I'll see you soon. I'll see you today. Sign Tookie with an FG over the I. Yes. Also, um, pause for a second because I want to, like, for the, like, it's only, um, let's see, where did, like, the first page start? Because we're on page, well, we just got to page 13. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it's, technically we started on page, not one, because one was... Like that. So we're on, we started on page five, so we've made a, a few pages into the book. And all Tookie has talked about is uh, being ignored. Mm-hmm. When it's like, I think this is still something that rings true as an adult, but when you're a kid, you kind of stick to your own social groups, and that's still a thing with an adult. Yeah. Where it can be hard to like talk to other people. If you're shy, definitely. If you're shy, for sure. I'm definitely shy. Oh, same. But think of it in, like, terms of your... I'm assuming this is high school. Me too. Because I think she's... Which? I think they said how old she was. I didn't see I it. Thought, I, I thought it was, at, like, at least here, but... Oh, she's 15. Okay, she's 15. Um, I'm going to be reading it in this page. Okay, she's 15 years old. Uh... This is usually a time where people do stick in with their own cliques. Unfortunately, yeah, they do ignore people. And I don't think, well, this is something that they can't really grasp at that age. Would you like me to pull out my child psychology? Please do. Or my adolescent psychology. It was my last class I took. Do it. In my now withdrawn degree. Go for it. Um, but the age of Becoming friends with people is more of your early adolescent years, so 10 to 14. 15 and 16 is where it becomes the most important, and the child really starts to step away from their parents and be aware that their parents aren't perfect. Um, so, if anything, Tookie should have had an established friend group by now. Even if it's, like, two other people. Even if it's, like, two other people. You know, is she the only quote-unquote ugly person in this whole school? Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, it also sounds like she only has one friend, but we don't know what's up with that in particular. But, I mean, from what it sounds like, she's gonna end up, like, befriending other people. Only because they're ugly, too? I don't know. They're all thrown together and something? I don't know. Over the I in her name, Tookie added a tiny FG for forget a girl. I mean, we could also say fucking gross, but... Yeah. I don't know, man. If I was still gonna be a teacher and I saw something like this... That's a moment of, like, uh... I'd be like, yo, you need some fucking help. Hey, do you need to talk for a second, kid? (laughs) You've been, like, sitting... You've been doing this for 39 days now. I haven't been counting... But, like, I've been counting. But before closing T-Mail Jail, she thumbed through its previous entries, admiring the rainbow of colors. Every color represented a different language. Flamingo pink for Gaudian. 
Cabernet Grape for Trace Jolet, Mandarin Orange for Bay Jingle, and Skyscraper Gray for Calorian. The language spoken in the distant land of Sam's color. <laughs> what are these names? <laughs> what are these names? What are these color? Cabernet Grape. It's fucking grape. Cabernet and grape are two different colors. I think more of like a reddish purple. <laughs> like a purple that's more on the red side. But wouldn't that be like... It's not violet. No. No. I, I would call that Cabernet. Cabernet. Grape is a little bit darker True. in my mind. It's darker. Calorian. What the fuck is Calorian? Sam's color. Sam's There's no color there. It's only in grayscale. Everything. <laughs> Toki had a knack for quickly picking up foreign languages and wrote whole letter entries in them. By the age of 11, Toki knew 28 languages. Now at 15, she spoke nearly every world tongue. Wow, aren't you special, Toki? I'm so ugly, but I have this one ability that's completely useless <laughs> right now. I mean, you can be a translator. You could. She could translate Squid Game. <laughs> <laughs> it came full circle! It did! The nagging truth, though, was this incredible linguistic gift of Tookie's seemed wasted. It was almost a cruel cosmic trick. Why give this ability to a girl with whom no one wanted to speak? Oh my god. Tookie, you are being so fucking dramatic. I'm going to jump into this book and I'm going to hit you. The thing is, like, I know what it's like to be alone in high school. Because, like, I did have friends, but they weren't that... Not all of them were that great. I don't, I don't think you were this bad. Though. No, I was never, like... Notice me, everyone, but I don't want to be noticed. I was just like quiet and just. It's like I, it's like I don't know how to communicate. It's like I, I was like, I'm shy, and it's like I would try, to involve myself, but I still have that feeling where I try to involve myself, and I feel that people construe me as weird. Yeah, that's exactly what would basically happen. It's like I feel like I would try, and we're both twenty-seven. Yeah. This feeling has stayed with us for 12 years yeah. at this point. Yeah. It's like, it's still there. It's like, I've, I think it comes from the childhood anxiety, man. Because I have had anxiety since childhood. I just always feel that people think, and people th like, encounter my humor or something and they don't know what to fucking do with it. I just feel like I'm weird because I spew weird facts sometimes or just, I'm just weird. I'm weird, guys, but I'm fine with it. The thundering crowd in the Bangle Bobble and Bead Institute hallway started to thin. Tookie nervously smoothed out her shorts, closed the T-mail jail, and straightened her body out of its position, suggestive of traumatic injury, and then she heard the bow-legged footsteps she'd been waiting for. Step, pause, step, pause, step. Bow-legged footsteps. Okay. Coming her way. There was only one person at B3 who had spoken to Toki besides Miracle. Class precedent with one of the worst names I have ever experienced in my life. Theophilus Lovelaces. Where is his name? Oh, Theophilus? Theophilus. Theophilus. Theophilus Theophilus. Theophilus Lovelaces. The very step-pause, step-pause figure quickly approaching. So he's a cowboy. But he's not. I know he's not a cowboy. It had been one year ago, almost to the day, but Tookie hadn't forgotten it. In truth, it was why she had invented the act of spilling. In the first place, there were many letters in T-Mail Jail written to Theophilus, all expressing unrequited admiration and affection. Wait, 
Wait, I just realized something. Mm -hmm. Is this Dear Evan Hansen before it was Dear Evan Hansen, sort of? I have no idea what Dear Evan Hansen is. Dear Evan Hansen, well, it was Dear, it's Evan writing, writing letters to himself. Oh. While this is her writing letters to people that she doesn't think will ever read them. It's a completely different way of catharsis. It is. This also reminds me of the young adult book movie to all the boys I've ever loved before. But this came first. Yes, it did. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, but, no, like, the act of, like, writing a letter to someone that you don't think will read it is an actual thing that it my is. therapist talked to me about, and it's something I still do, but then you, like, destroy the letter. Yep. Yeah. You don't keep it. You destroy it. Yeah. You release it into the ether. You release the energy into the ether and let the world deal with it. It's its problem now. <laughs> it's not my problem anymore. It's your problem, world. Tookie longed to slip one into his locker, but she knew she never would. A year ago, Tookie had taken a real spill, tumbling down the narrow spiral staircase to the cafeteria. I can see why you fell down. A narrow spiral staircase? Why would you have that in a school? Especially in a factory. This used to be a factory. Who <laughs> did? Who the fuck designed this place? It was Willy Wonka, wasn't it? All she clearly remembered about that moment was one foot touching the neck that first step and then both enormous feet flying into the air. Do we have to keep talking about how big her feet are? Um, they just get bigger in my mind. This, this is, the foot like... fetishists are going to come here and it's going to be weird. I've only encountered one foot fetishist in my life and I'm not okay with it. Oh God. And I've said never again. Never again. <laughs> oh God. Uh, she was falling, falling. There was the floor. Boom. Tookie had landed so hard that the world had gone black for a few minutes. Did she pass out? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> well, that means she hit the back of her head. Yeah. Ooh, that's not good. Spots began to appear before her eyes. Bodies, yeah, she hit the back of her head. Bodies swept past her, but not one person tried to help. That's we usually, get it, Tookie. That's usually normal. <laughs> that is unfortunately normal. <laughs> if you were my friend in high school, or even now, I laugh when you fall. <laughs> it's like you dumbass and help you up. Also, like, is she still on the stairs? Um, How is anyone getting past her? Um, they're just like, someone constructed a bridge over her. They used her feet. <laughs> they use her feet as a bridge because they're big enough. <laughs> they just stepped over her face because it's so ugly. Oh, that's <laughs> why. Forehead. That's why her forehead's so big. It's from all of like, it's from all the blood that's pooled there from people stepping on it. <sighs> Tookie had just lain there while the day continued as usual for everyone else at Bengal Bobble and Breed Institute. But then, a figure in a pinstripe jacket had appeared. Tookie's vision was still blurry, but she could make out a small round button on the figure's lapel. Wait, are they just wearing the pinstripe jacket? <laughs> They're just in their boxers or their <laughs> boxer briefs. Nothing. They're just in nothing but the jacket. Oh my god. Do they not even have something covering their dick? No. Nothing over the willy. No. Oh my god. Vote for love. Are you okay? Theopolis Lovelaces stood above Tookie like a royal guardsman coming to the aid of his queen. I'm just picturing the giant hat. He's in the giant hat, just the giant hat and the t and the like jacket, nothing else. Nothing else. The pin on his lapel was one of the good luck charms he passed out to B3 students in hopes of getting reelected every school year. He'd never given one to Tookie though. Tookie, we fucking get it! We get it! No one likes you! Tookie! We get it! No one likes you, apparently! The noises in the cafeteria ceased to exist. Tookie was groggy from her fall. Her ears rang to the point of leaving her deaf, and her mouth felt like it had been... anesthetized? Anesthetized? But that didn't stop her from noticing his imperfectly perfect features sun-kissed, tightly curled hair, a left cheekbone that was sharper and more defined than the right, 
and sympathetic golden-brown eyes, the exact color of two salted caramels, took his favorite candy. He wore a camel-colored suit of the finest fabric. An indication of his family's prestige, they were the wealthiest in all of Metopia. Wait, meat, Metopia? I think it's supposed to be Metopia, but I'm not going to give her the satisfaction. You're not going to give her the satisfaction, especially since Metopia already exists, except it's like M I I Topia. Yep. It's Metopia. And yet he didn't carry himself with an air of privilege or self righteousness. In fact, he chose to attend B3 over a private school in his own neighborhood because he wanted to be among the regular people. <laughs> <laughs> what? What the fuck? <laughs> I want to be among, among the regular people, Papa. Please don't cut off my allowance, Papa. Don't cut it in half, Papa. Mother, Mother, tell Papa to not cut my allowance off. I just want to go and be among the regular people because I want to know what it's like before I become a tyrant in this world, Papa. And now he was smiling at Tookie kindly and generously as though they were equals. Yes, she had wanted to tell him, I'm better than okay, but her mouth wouldn't work. Honestly, same. <laughs> Theophilus tilted his head to the side, his lip curling over a slightly chipped tooth. That was quite a spill. Why does he have a chipped tooth? He's so rich, he could, he could get fixed. Oh, you run into shit. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, you could get it fixed. He's rich enough. Like, yeah. if he's rich enough to go to private school, they're rich enough to get it fixed. Also, this is like a weird alternate fantasy futuristic type world, it sounds like. Or dystopian world or post-apocalyptic. What is this world? I have no idea. This is so fucking weird. And then, amazingly, he had reached down and taken her hand. Oh, I remember a feeling like this. Mm. Oh my. It's bringing me back. Toki's tongue was frozen solid. She had imagined what she must look like to him, like a ragdoll without most of its stuffing, and with trace lines of drool on both of her cheeks. Disgusting. After a few moments of Toki lying there, just staring... Theophilus stepped back, an apologetic look on his face. Okay, um, sorry. And then he had turned around and left. They hadn't talked since. Now Theophilus was fast approaching. T minus ten, nine, eight. Albert Talbert. <laughs> God. Everyone's name just gets worse. Yeah. The most disheveled student at B3. Honestly, Tookie, you do not have any right to call someone the most disheveled student when it is clearly you. Albert Talbert. <laughs> the most dis disheveled student at B3 walked alongside him, his unlaced shoes flapping hard against the shiny floor. T minus three seconds, two. Maybe Theophilus would see her today, splayed out in the spilled. Maybe he would do as he did last year, standing above her, extending his hand, asking, Are you okay? And then Tookie would stare into his salted caramel eyes and tell him exactly how she felt. Theophilus crossed in front of Albert and stumbled over Albert's shoelace, as if it were a tripwire. His body pitched forward. Tookie reached up her arms to catch him. Unfortunately, Theophilus caught hold of an open locker and studied himself. Something plopped onto Tookie's chest and she did a half sit-up to peer at it. Vote for love. Theophilus's button. Tookie stared at the button for a long time. Finally, she tentatively reached for it, thrilled to touch something that had so recently been close to Theophilus's skin. Ugh. <laughs> That's unsettling. Yeah. Tookie's hand was two centimeters from reaching vote for love when whoosh, a field hockey stick grazed her abdomen and sent the button flying across the hall. Tookie sat up fast, panicked. Their love was rolling right up to Manny Manuel's locker. Manny Manuel. It's mine, Tookie lurched to her feet and charged through the stomping crowd, nearly knocking Manny over. She scanned the floor for the button. Where is it? Where is it? 
Then she spied it. There. Near that pair of hairy legs. Hey now. The legs belonged to Abigail Good, who wore her super thick, long, wavy black hair with pride, even from her armpits. Abigail took a step forward, and her sharp heel squished the Vote for Love button, which shot out from under her shoe. Chucky cried out in pain, as if the button were her own tender skin. Okay, Tookie, you might need to calm the weird. fuck down. This is unsettling. Very. Love careened down the stairs. Tookie bolted at top speed down the steps, taking two, then three at a time. Follow the love, Tookie. Follow the love. Didn't she just fall down the stairs? A year ago. Oh. A shiny black boot kicked the button and sent it sailing through the steel cafeteria air right into a trash can. Tookie pursued it like a lion after a zebra. She wanted that button. It felt like the only new thing anyone had ever given her in life. Not that Theophilus had exactly given it to her, but Tookie wasn't one to quibble over semantics. This feels like a yandere thing. It does. She reached the trash can, took a deep breath, and plunged her hands into it, all through this button. She felt slimy banana peels. Congealed macaroni and cheese, <laughs> crusty heels of bread, and sticky soda cans. In the trash can! Don't y'all recycle! Finally, her fingers curled around the button, and she pulled it out with glee. The poor thing was badly damaged, dented, and slimy from its voyage. In fact, it no longer said, vote for love. Instead, the V and the O and E of the first word were gone. And the F and R of the second were totally erased. And of the last word, the L was knocked into non-existence and the V was scratched so badly it resembled a K. But the E remained intact. Tookie almost threw the button back into the trash before her eyes focused again and she saw that it now spelled it spelled its own version of dot dot her. <laughs> Me! She gasped, and then she looked up to her astonishment. Theophilus stood by her side, staring at her gunked-up hands above the trash. She's going to be absolutely appalled. Dear Lord. He was qu- <laughs> he was quite short, only coming up to Tookie's chin, and there was a whisper of a bemused smile on his lips. You find what you were looking for? At least someone's talking to her. Yeah. It was astounding, amazing, the second sentence Theophilus had ever said to her. In a year! <laughs> this is so funny. It took a whole year for her him to say something to her again. Toki stared at the button in her hand. Maybe she could show it to Theophilus. Look how your slogan changed into my name. You, she could say, don't you think it's a sign too? Toki... Hun, you need to chill. Theophilus? Tookie's and Theophilus's head swiveled to the left. Zarpessa Zarnu, that's what it's gonna be, strolled into the hallway with long, single-textured, bone-straight auburn hair, flawless skin that didn't need an ounce of concealer. Eyelashes that required not a stroke of mascara and a tall, lean body kissed with subtle curves. She made every head in B3 hall whip in her direction. And just like that, Tookie's heart dropped to her hand-me-up shoes, which were two sizes too small. Zarpessa was Theophilus's girlfriend. They'd been an item for the past three years. There you are, Zarpessa trilled, swinging her golden rod hued dream bag this year's five thousand dollar it purse in her hand she glided toward theophilus with the grace of a swan and held up a massive poster written in gold glitter pen zarpessa zarino presents theophilus lovelace lovelaces for president again this is made with real gold dust, Zarpessa boasted. 
My father had some despair, and our mayor's sister's psychoanalyst's neighbor's BFF told me that posters written with precious metals like this definitely get you reelected, she added. I feel like that this is such a waste of the everything. Theophilus turned his attention from Tookie and looked at Zarpessa. Oh, um, great, Zar. He unconsciously reached to the area of his chest where his vote for love button used to be. The empty spot made him pause for a moment, flustered, but then he kissed Zarpessa gently on the lips. It was hard for Tookie not to stare. Oh, how she wanted, oh, how she wanted it to be her lips. Tookie. 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 You need to calm down. Calm the fuck down. You're 15. Theophilus was kissing her, was kissing right now. She had imagined it so many times. She and Theophilus alone together in the dry Peppertown forest. Their lips moving closer, 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 and finally touching to give Tookie her first and only kiss. Why does that sound like she's gonna get killed after she kisses him? <laughs> Why does it take him hostage? God. She will kiss no other people than no. Theophilus. In this, in this scenario, she has him tied up. <laughs> she dragged him into the woods. They're being chased by. Like a helicopter or something. And like people on foot. And she's just by the lake. And she's like kissing him. And it's just like she is in a world of her own right now. Zarpessa would be forgotten. Toki would be remembered. Why does you, like she's gonna kill Zarpessa? You need some fucking help, Toki. Toki! <laughs> you need some fucking help, man. What the fuck? The happy couple walked away arm in arm, leaving Tookie alone by the stinking trash can. Because they don't want to sit, stand next to the stinking trash can and the person who just looked through the stinking trash can. She slipped the button into the pocket of her shorts, the fabric so tight she could feel the took digging into her hip. How bad is this button made if you like can feel the letters? Wait. Well, wait. Wait. How are the... How does this button work if, like, the words are just like that? <laughs> All sorts of emotions flooded through her. Hope, then disappointment, then embarrassment, then shame. Even if Theophilus had spoken to her, it wouldn't have meant he wanted to know her. It would take a miracle. No, not Tookie's sister, but a real miracle. For Theophilus to notice her in the way she wanted. And for Tookie de la Creme, miracles were impossible to come by. I'm 